0: good morning good morning um i am reading from luke this morning luke chapter 9 verses 18 through 227 once when jesus was praying in private and his disciples were with him he asked them who do the crowd say i am replied some say John the Baptist others say Elijah and still others that one of the prophets of long ago has come back to life but what about you he asked who do you say I am Peter answered the Christ of God Jesus strictly warned them not to tell this to anyone and he said The son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders chief priests and teachers of the law and he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life then he said to them all if anyone would come after me he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me for whoever wants to save his life will lose it but whoever loses his life for me will save it What good is it for man to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit his very self? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words, the son of man will be ashamed of him. And when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the father and of the holy angels, I tell you the truth, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God.
1: More followers, that's what most people ask when they want to build up their social proof, their profiles, their Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, whatever. Uh, They want to build it up quickly, uh, fast, without effort, without time, without anything. And I'll show you exactly how to do that. Now, I could go through the whole process of showing you how to do it manually, but you don't want to hear that. You want to hear how to do it quickly and effortlessly. So I'm going to show you how to do it. Now, I use this uh, tool called uh, howdoigetfollowers.net. You can click on the link below uh, to go to the website. It's absolutely awesome. I use it for uh, all my profiles. And I'm just gonna log in here just to walk you through how I do it, okay? Uh, okay, so you can see I've already uh, bought some, uh, some different things, but you can buy Twitter followers. Okay, You know, I have fast followers got 2,500, 5,000, all of these. Uh, you can buy Twitter retweets, automatic engagements. You can buy Instagram followers, Instagram photo likes, uh, Instagram comments, Instagram mentions, Instagram video views, all of these different things. Facebook, uh, Facebook photo likes, Facebook fans, um, Facebook subscribers, Facebook video views, all of these different things. Uh, options, even YouTube views, YouTube likes, LinkedIn endorsements, SoundCloud plays, SoundCloud do- downloads, and even uh, custom products if you want to specifically uh, tell the service how much you want. okay? So it's absolutely awesome if you want to gain more followers quickly, easily, without effort. Uh, I use it myself. I mostly use it for YouTube, but you can use it for Twitter. Instagram, Facebook, all of this, okay? It's quite reasonably priced for the value you get. These are real followers. It's not one of those fake things, okay? Um, and I haven't had any issues with it myself. Obviously, use it at your own um, own uh, risk or your own judgment, but um, uh, I know many people who use it and get some good results from it um, for social proof, for boosting videos, for Um, we're getting more Twitter followers Um, it's really a tool to get uh, the social to build that social proof so people are more likely to follow you and engage with you okay so definitely check out the link below Um, it's quick easy fast and you can start getting more followers today Uh, if you like this video if you like the channel subscribe like and comment below and I hope you have a fantastic day and build your following fast. See you soon.
2: <clears throat> I'm sorry for those who have no idea what that was about. Uh, <laughs> I had these mumblings behind me as I'm sitting down there going, what is going on here? <laughs> well, in today's age, uh, we have something called social media, and social media is all about getting followers. Uh, followers is what it's all about, and you want to get followers who like you. So after you've got your followers, you want to do everything you can for them to start hitting like on whatever you can. Now, if we could get that first uh, thing up for me. And uh, and so today we're talking about followers, uh, and our world is obsessed with followers. And the hope of followers is to be liked. Um, This is the way of our social media. Now, you might not have picked it up, but for $200, you can buy 25,000 followers on social media. These are real people who will follow you. And the theory is because you are so popular, everyone else will think that what you've got to say is important. Now, it had me thinking, I have to say, about my own following, uh, but I don't think that's the way a church should do it. See, so if you raise up to a couple of hundred thousand followers, you become what's known as an influencer. Now, at the heart of having followers is influence. See, wherever you want to influence, wherever you want to influence people, you need followers. But mainly in social media, that is, so they will buy products that you get paid to endorse. So the reason you have followers is in order to raise your own uh, profile, uh, to raise your own awareness, in order to raise your own money and uh, start living a life that you've always desired. But it might not just be products, it might be your ideological uh, or philosophical agenda. And usually the influencer, in order to do this well, has to appeal to a person's desire, offering them a lifestyle that is appealing to them. See, most people who reach influencer status on social media, they post pictures or videos of themselves uh, such as this. I had to cut out all the pictures which were inappropriate. Not that I was spending hours looking at them, don't worry about that. Uh, But see, they they post pictures which is going to appeal to your desire of a better life. So it might be beautifully crafted bikini shots or or meals that appear straight from a high end restaurant that everyone could whip together in 10 minutes. Uh, Weight loss that comes by just magic. Uh, Houses with the most beautiful decor, flying in first class, sipping on champagne. It's the dream we all want. Or children who are perfectly obedient, sleep through the night, and eat all their vegetables. That's a big following. See, there are no explicit demands on the people following you, and that's part of the appeal. Influencers just offer a life that appeals to you that you want to buy into. And then when they hold a product, when they say this is the way, this is the method, then you buy into that and you reinforce your following. All the big companies do it. Apple is selling you a lifestyle with their phones. Samsung is selling you a lifestyle with their phones. Uh, there's a new Kia car because of the Australian Open keeps coming up on my screen. It's selling you a lifestyle that all the other all the other cars we, you know have been warned about, whatever that means. So this morning we're considering the fourth part of our vision statement in which we are followers but we're not just followers of anyone. We are followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, which means he should be the greatest influencer in our life. But we're going to see this morning that following Jesus contrasts significantly with other influences of today. And the passage that Jan read for us from Luke, we're going to see three reasons why being a follower of Jesus is Nothing like being a follower of anyone else in our world today. So I want you to open that passage up. And the first thing that we need to understand is that following Jesus means worshipping him as Lord. Now have a look at Luke chapter 9, verse 18. Once when Jesus was praying in private with his disciples uh, and his disciples were with him, he asked them, who do the crowds say I am? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist. Others say Elijah and still others that one of the prophets of long ago has come back to life. But what about you, he asked. Who do you say I am? Peter answered, God's Messiah. Now something significant is happening in this passage. We have just uh, come from a whole lengthy record of Jesus performing miracles here. He has calmed the storm. He has restored a demon-possessed man. He's raised a girl from the dead. He has healed a woman who's been bleeding for 12 years. He's fed 5,000 people with just five loaves of bread and two fish. And suddenly he comes here and he asks a question. You see, the crowds are going wild for Jesus. He's just had 5,000 people in front of him, literally probably just the men, so there was a lot more there. And they were just fed. And so he's got a following. They are a huge following. Not on social media, but in real life. His fame was spreading. But the question was, why are they following him? Why are they following him? And so he asks the question, who do the crowds say I am? Well, it appears there's some confusion, doesn't it? Nobody seems to be following Jesus for who he is. They are following him for the same reason people follow idols on their social media pages. It's about what he can offer them, not about who he is. They're following him for the healing, for the feeding, for the hope of restoration from ailments, poverty, oppression. And that's why they conclude he must be one of the prophets back to life, John the Baptist, Elijah, or one of the others. See, they had decided to follow Jesus because perhaps they could get something out of him. They didn't know who he was. And you know what? It's not much different in circles today. If you listen to the way people present the gospel these days, one of the prevailing messages and often in what we term the prosperity gospel, is that if you come to Jesus, he will give you what you desire, what you believe you need in this life. Healing, financial freedom, blessings of the material world. And if he doesn't give you those things, well, that's because of your lack of faith. So the problem with this heresy is that they are the perceived strength Uh, of Jesus is all bound up in with the strength of our faith. Our faith controls how powerful Jesus is. But what's going on here is you don't primarily follow Jesus because he can give you what you want. That's not the message of the gospel. You primarily follow Jesus because of who he is. And that means you will follow him wherever he leads you not where you want him to take you. And this is why he's asking the question, who do they say I am? And getting the confused answer, he says, well, who do you think I am? You've been walking with me. You are with me. You're my 12. Peter answers the Messiah of God. In other words, the anointed one, the promised one, the chosen one who will restore the kingdom of God. See, it's a pivotal moment in Luke's gospel and it goes to the heart of what a follower of Jesus really is. See, it's someone who follows him because of who he is, not what he can give you. And in the very next passage, Jesus, we see the transfiguration and he's affirmed in this identity. As he goes and he has transfigured and and Peter and James and John, they all see the glory of Jesus fully revealed. And then in verse 35, we're told this, a voice came from the cloud saying, this is my son whom I have chosen. Listen to him. See, it's so critical that we understand the true identity of Jesus if we are going to follow him. And the significance for us is that Jesus, as Lord, is that we don't come to him hoping that he'll give us all our heart's desires. We'll come to him and bow before him, recognising that he is the one who we should follow and is in control of our life. If you remember Thomas at the end of John's Gospel, He encounters the resurrected Jesus. Thomas touches Jesus. Jesus tells him to stop doubting and believe. Believe what? Well, Thomas exclaims, my Lord and my God. So the very center, the very primary thing that we have to understand about being followers of Jesus is recognizing who he is. And we discover in this passage that following Jesus means that we worship him. We bow before him and worship him because he is Lord. The second thing we discover here is that we follow Jesus because he is our saviour. Have a look at verses 21 and 22. Jesus strictly warned them not to tell this to anyone and he said the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and the teachers of the law and he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. I want you to think about the contrasting image that's going on here compared to the images of other influences in our world that want you to follow them. See, we want to follow the image of the strongest, the best, the beautiful, the most skillful. Here is an image of someone who's going to suffer. He's going to show all the weakness in the eyes of the world. He's going to be rejected, we're told, by all the leaders. See, it's no surprise that these are the biggest influences on social media. Between them, they've got hundreds of millions of followers, just those three people. Hundreds of millions. Cristiano Ronaldo, the best soccer player on the earth today, and if not ever. Arianda Grande, a beautiful young singer. And Dwayne the Rock Johnson. He's got the most Instagram followers of anyone. He's got some of the biggest muscles in the world almost as big as mine. Now listen to what Isaiah has to say about the one we follow. He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised and we held him in low esteem. Not the kind of guy that has the physical qualities to make a scene on the influencing market of social media today. Not very appealing really, is it? No beauty, nothing attractive, like a person we hide our faces from, someone we think lowly of, despised, rejected. Yet here is one of the greatest influences of all time. Why? Because he is not just Lord, he is saviour. See, the gospel isn't about Jesus giving you what you want, it is about him giving you what you need. Salvation from your sins. See, one of the most unattractive qualities of Jesus that no one on social media who has any kind of following uh, uh, tells you is that he confronts us with the darkness of the realities of our hearts. That's not the way to get followers. But see, the reason he's so influential is that he doesn't just expose that you have this sinfulness, this darkness inside of you he doesn't just contrast it with his perfect holiness in order for you to buy his next book on how to be holy he doesn't just post images of his chiseled abs to help recognize that we've got bad dad bellies that we have to deal with that's not what he's doing he will pay the price for your salvation He will buy your freedom. He will deal with your darkness. He will purchase your forgiveness. And he will give you his righteousness as he lays down his life for you after exposing the reality of you. There is no one in the universe who ever gives that to you. Here is the Lord of the universe, the creator of you, the one who knitted you in your mother's womb. The one whose riches are immeasurable, whose life is eternal, whose power is without limit, whose authority is over everything, who could get a following just by what he could make himself on this earth. But giving it all up because of his great love for you. Beaten, rejected, despised, considered a piece of filth by the world so that you can be saved from the darkness that he has exposed And bring you into an everlasting life, adopted into his family, and given an equal share of the inheritance of his kingdom, despite the fact you have been rejecting him up until that point. So these aren't empty Instagram posts. This is a real historical event. God in the flesh, in our world, who has been led like a lamb to the slaughter and like as a sheep sheep before the shearers is silent, has been slaughtered for you. There is no other influencer in all of history that is willing or qualified to do that for you. Now, if you turned up to Cristiano Ronaldo's security-filled mansion and said, hey, I'm one of your followers, can you save me from some mess that I got myself into? Would he offer you his entire kingdom? Would he adopt you as his child? Would he write you into his will and give you an equal share of his inheritance with his other children? Of course not. He wouldn't even know your name. Well, you are engraved on the, the hands of the one who has laid down his life for you. He knows your name. He knows everything about you. No, Cristiano, well, he would just get his security guards and escort you off the property. He doesn't want a relationship with you. He just wants you to buy into his stuff. But Jesus does want a relationship with you. So much so that he has done all these things. But you need to accept him as your saviour. Acknowledge the darkness. Open yourself to him. Ask forgiveness and accept him as your saviour into your life, both Lord and saviour. Well, if you get to the point of accepting Jesus as Lord and saviour and you start following him, well, Jesus then warns us that before making that commitment, you need to count the cost. Because while salvation is a free gift of grace, the life Jesus promises us probably isn't the one you're expecting from an influencer. Have a look at verses 23 and 20 to 27. Then Jesus said to them, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. Truly I tell you, some, of, some, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God. Put simply, following Jesus means sacrificing your life. And here's the reason Jesus is so unappealing to the world. Those we follow in the world promise the world. They promise that if we follow them, make some lifestyle choices, and even a little bit of sacrifice, well then we can have the life that they they have. And in some respects, that's exactly what Jesus is telling us here. If you follow him, you will have the life that he had. And you will have the life that he has. But it's not just a little bit of sacrifice. It is willing to lay down your life as he did. And firstly, he says we must deny ourselves. Our other influences tell us to indulge ourselves. We might deny ourselves for a little while, but it's so eventually we can indulge ourselves. Jesus says we no longer live for our kingdom, but his kingdom. The influences of the world say live for your kingdom. Sacrifice anybody in your path in order to get what you want. Well, secondly, he says we must take up our cross daily. In other words, we must live a life of sacrifice. If you want to be a part of his kingdom, you need to live for the kingdom. You can't serve two masters, he tells us elsewhere. You can't have two lives. You can't have one focused on building your kingdom of wealth and security and prosperity over here while having a claim upon the eternal kingdom that has a future beyond this world. You can't separate the two. You can't say, well, this is my part and this is Jesus's part. It's all his. And at the end of this chapter, Jesus encounters three people who just couldn't grasp this. And each of these examples are specific to each of their lives. Now, as we look at these I just want to remind you, these aren't prescriptive for everyone. But he's addressing individuals, and we all have something that we just can't let go of. You just go over if you've got your Bibles there, and I haven't got it behind me. But at the end of this chapter 9 in Luke, in verse 57, we're told, as they were walking along the road, a man said to him, being Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. That's a big claim. Jesus replies, well, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Would you give up your house if I asked you to and live without a home? To go out into the world as a missionary? One of the great joys and privileges of going to Bible college is watching people sacrifice so much more than I ever did a real challenge, watching people lay down everything they have. Selling homes to go to Bible college, leaving family to go overseas because they believe God has called them to nations that have yet to hear the gospel. Friends of mine who have gone to Ecuador to gone into go gone trekking into the remote areas of Africa to learn languages and cultures that is beyond them but knowing that God will enable them. People in Tanzania, people in China, they are all over the world. They've heard God's call to lay down. If God calls that of you, if he is placing that on your heart, are you willing to lay it all down? Knowing that all this is for his kingdom, however he asks you to use it. Well, in verse 59, he says to another man, follow me. That's a real privilege for a rabbi to say to someone, follow me. That's a great privilege. Oh, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Doesn't seem like an unreasonable request. It's probable the man's father's not yet died, but he wants to go and do his duty of seeing his father to the last years of his life. Confrontingly Jesus says, "Let the dead bury their own dead." Now, that's one of the most challenging parts of scripture, I think, but I have to remind you, I think he's talking directly into this man's life at that moment. Jesus knew his heart and he's speaking directly to him. He's not telling you to forgo all funerals and not care about your family. That's not what he's saying. But if you can't follow Jesus because you believe there's something more important, then you need to lay it down. Thirdly, in verse 61, a man who wants to follow Jesus but just needs to go back and say goodbye to his family. Again, doesn't seem too unreasonable, but a man Jesus knew had something holding him back from full commitment. And Jesus highlighted by saying no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. See when they plowed fields, they had to keep the oxen straight or whatever the animal that was pulling the plow. You look back and more, more than likely that, that animal is going to veer off course and you're have a, you're going to have a furrow or whatever you're plowing uh, off course. So he's saying, if your if your heart's over in here, and you haven't seen that this is where you should be, and you're looking back, well then your chances are you're not going to come back. Because your heart's there. You need to commit and stay there. See, following Jesus is a wholehearted commitment to going where he takes you not sure that's very appealing to the world. I'm not sure it's even very appealing to us, to be honest. Because when we consider why we're following Jesus, the question is, well, are you willing to lay down your life as he has laid down your, his life for you? And that means all your life. You worship him as Lord. Your retirement, the decision around your career, the place you choose to live it may mean that you're asked to step out in faith and head to areas of Australia, around the world. It means you may have to go to Bible college, establish a minister ministry, or maybe it just means you stay exactly where you are, but perhaps you have to open your home and invite people you never thought you would invite in before. Perhaps you need to step out into our community and start making relationships. Maybe the way you play sport, how you choose a life partner, whether you commit yourself to singleness. This may be the dream that you had needs to be sacrificed because God has asked something else of you. Or maybe you have to realign the dream with what he's asked for you in the kingdom. So we all have a life to live for the kingdom under the Lord Jesus Christ. This isn't about saying to each of us, you can do this, you can't do this, you can do this, you can't do this. This isn't about saying you can't have homes, you can't have wealth. It's not about saying you can't build a business. It's not about saying that you can't... Uh, I was using this example at our Young Adults Life group the other day. One of my first ever Bible studies, I might have told you, uh, I I was a new Christian. I'm not going to tell you which church it was. But I tell you, I sat there... And the debate was—I think I might have said this not long ago—but the debate was all about what was the OK car to drive as a Christian. We couldn't have a BMW, but we landed on Toyota Camry. This isn't what this is—that's going on here. This is about laying down your whole life, whatever it looks like, and whatever you have, in order to make decisions for the kingdom. And the question is, who are you following when you say you are following Jesus? Are you just following Jesus as your ethics professor who helps you live a good life and gives you more things? Or your spiritual guru with wise words that can transcend the problems of this life? Or your financial planner who blesses you with wealth? Or perhaps your social doctor who makes you feel good and his words always have a soothing effect? Or perhaps he's simply your best friend, the one who affirms you in all your decisions and is always there for you no matter what. You know what? At different times in life, he's all those things. That's the beauty of being in Christ. Is wherever we're at. He is right there with us. But if they're the reasons you're following him, then you've missed the point. We need to bow down our life and everything. Daily, he says, bear our cross, confess our sin, come before the cross and say, Father, forgive me. Here is my life. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for forgiving me. I confess that I am still on a journey and I am willing to do whatever it takes to become holy and blameless and to use all the things you've blessed me with for the kingdom. not easy and you're not going to be challenged with that by anyone on social media and that's why we love social media that's why I love posting those big fish photos that I catch once every 10 years and not the photos of me sitting in the boat getting frustrated and throwing things around because the fish just won't take my pawn that's why we all end up creating these images as if people will follow us. We only show the certificates of our kids and not the tantrums that are going on in the mornings. Not our anger at them as we're, we're going, hey, I've reacted in a bad way, but no one's going to know about that. See, social media, the whole influencer reality, I tell you, It's so appealing, but it's so empty. Let me encourage you to have one influencer. One influencer. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask you one question today. What is it that you are holding on to? And this will be different for all of us. What is it that you are holding on to? What is it that you are holding on to and unwilling to hand over for the kingdom of God. What is it that you are holding on to and unwilling to hand over to the kingdom of God? I want you to start praying into that and asking God to reveal it to you because chances are your heart is blind to it. You didn't even realise it was happening. I want you to pray into that. It might be your finances, it might be your time, it might be your house, it might be your retirement, your career, your education, your relationships, where you live, It might be a a sin cycle that you're caught in that you've justified. It could be many, many things. We are very good at holding on to things and not handing them over. I want to encourage you to pray into that. What is it that you are holding on to and unwilling to hand over for the kingdom of God? Let's pray. Father God, thank you that you have called us to be followers of Jesus. Thank you that we are following him as Lord, the one we need to come before and listen to all the paths he is is taking us through. Father God, thank you that we are following him as Saviour, the one who has laid down his life for us, Not not just called us to buy into whatever it is that he's selling, but to lay down his life for us. Help us to hold firmly onto our great Lord and Saviour and help us to follow him wherever he takes us. But, Father, we know that the call will be to count the cost, just as in the, just as a builder, as Jesus says later on in Luke 14, counts the cost of a building before he starts building. Help us to count the cost before we start following so that we are fully committed, Lord, knowing that you may ask anything of us and that we are willing to lay it down. Father God, I pray for each heart here. It's a challenging reality that we have been called to. We are not good at sacrifice because we have been raised to hold on to and build. But Father God, we pray that you'll help us to lay down our lives. Reveal to us, Lord, whatever it is that our individual hearts are holding on to tightly. Help us to open them up and sacrifice where we need to. And Father God, I pray for us as a church. No doubt collectively we are holding tightly to things of the past or things that we think are so important for us to be a church. But perhaps we have to lay down before you and sacrifice. So Father God, whatever that is, we pray that you reveal that to us and help us to be focused on whatever path the Lord Jesus is sending us. And we pray this in his name. Amen.